1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America-wide? Yeah, Digitex
0: does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 J 135 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. It's been a busy show. We had Alberta Premier Jason Kenney uh, on the show to discuss Uh, the province's perspective on their desire uh, to assist the Oilers organization in uh, being one of the hub cities uh, for a return to play for the National Hockey League. Oilers general manager Ken Holland uh, joined us. Uh, We also had... Ryan Lotton, the former GM of the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, once uh, a guy who had one of the biggest books in the entire business uh, with Octagon. We will tell you ongoing COVID-19 coverage throughout the course of the day. Jaylen and I coming up with 6.30 jet afternoons at 2.15. Jaylen will talk to an infectious disease expert from the University of Calgary about why one size fits all approaches to dealing with pandemics, uh, like the one that we saw happen in Sweden, are guaranteed to fail, and why this... Uh, infectious disease expert from the ufc thinks alberta got it right i know there was a piece written about the fact that a lot of countries around the world followed a uh sort of a predictability chart from an individual out of england that didn't necessarily maybe come to fruition and to uh, the full extent and um it was uh, pretty really interesting stuff, and a guy who gets to cover this every day joins us right now, in the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. I say gets to cover this every day. He loves hockey. We'll get to the hockey stuff in a second. Uh, David Staples from the Cult of Hockey, and David uh, again, the infectious expert coming on from the UFC, is saying that Alberta got it right. We had Jason Kenny on the show today. Uh, you've also been a proponent of the belief that Alberta has gotten it right so far. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, Alberta got it right as a province. But congratulations to you and me and every other Albertan out there, Bob. We also got it right. Um, You know, people took personal responsibility here and showed they could be trusted. I think we did a great job in self-isolating, washing our hands, not going out when we're sick. Those are the main things. And we basically have no outbreak in Edmonton. We haven't had any kind of serious... Uh, spread of disease in Edmonton for almost a month and it's good to hear the Premier acknowledge that uh, Albertans can be trusted and I think going forward if there's another wave of this which is expected you know there could be waves of this in years to come I think that's going to be you know we've learned a lot everyone's learned a lot and I think we can be trusted to kind of continue on with life, with business, with work, with school in the future. Uh, And hopefully that's going to include some NHL hockey. And also I'm hoping personally it includes some minor hockey that we can get our kids back playing because they're just sitting around atrophying in their bedrooms on their devices. And it's time that our kids got out back to school and, and back to sports as
0: well. Well, just I don't know if you heard the interview with Jason Kenney, but I brought up the position that the feds are in and that, you know, Montreal is sitting there today. They're now up to 2,600 deaths and Edmonton's at 13. And, you know, a federal government's responsible for the entire country. We know what sort of influence Quebec has traditionally had. And, hey, this COVID situation is they're not out of the woods there in that province. It's a tough one, which puts the prime minister in a unique position in terms of maybe lifting a 14-day quarantine for specifically sport. On that note, specific to what you were saying about Alberta, I mean, I would assume a lot of Kenny's supporters are probably have some form of libertarian in them where they're thinking, all right, well... You know, we blunted the curve here. That's that's opened things up. And conversely, there's a lot of other Albertans that are saying, "No, no, 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 no. We got to stay locked down." It's a very tricky situation for governments to be in, isn't it?
1: It, it is very difficult. And as Kenny uh, said in his speech today, um, every single government around the world has been trying to get the right balance between containing the disease and not killing the economy and keeping things going. And every single one of them will have made mistakes, and things that so they could have done better from the federal government's perspective in terms of allowing nhl players in you know which is what what they need this kind of waiver that the united states has already brought in um you know there'll be a huge pushback in canada because so many people uh hate trump and so trump did it so we can't do it but here's the fact of the matter in, in european country after european country they're allowing they're starting up with uh, premier league and other uh, top league uh, european football soccer again right now this exemption is common They're allowing people to, uh, professional athletes, to move about. And and let's face it, when professional athletes come into a country, it's not like they're going to be running around the community. They're going to be going into very safe quarantine situations so they can continue to play. And there's not going to be any real risk to the public from professional athletes coming in and having some special agreement worked out with the federal government Um, so they don't have to just self-isolate, be away from everyone for those first 14 days. So I think this is a, a very, there's no, scientific reason, there's no reasonable reason the federal government can't give this exemption to NHL players. And and I'm encouraged that Toronto is also applying for this, Bob. Again, Toronto is a liberal hotbed, and maybe because it's not just Edmonton and Alberta that, they're, 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 that wants this. There's people in Toronto that also want this, and um, that might persuade the federal government to take some action here, to listen to the people in Toronto if, if they don't listen to
0: us. Well, let's not forget bc wants it as well i mean john horgan's gone out and stated that and they're an ndp government right now and that certainly would not be seen as being a certainly on the west coast uh a bastion of uh, uh right-wing political force we're joined right now by david staples from the cult of hockey all right you, you hit on something there you said we don't just need the return of nhl hockey we need to get kids active as well uh there are some groups out there trying to make that happen aren't they david
1: yeah, there's a petition which I signed last night and I tweeted out the link to. It had, I think, uh, almost 5,000 signatures, which for an online petition is pretty significant. You know, uh, if you have uh, kids at home right now, you've seen, you know, some kids are thriving, of course, and they, like, they'll thrive under any circumstances. A lot of kids, though, without the structure of school and sports, they're spending a lot of time in their room, a lot of time lying in bed on their devices doing nothing. And listen, it, it, in Edmonton, it should be safe in this next phase to figure out a way that, play, that people can come back and play soccer and baseball and hockey, young people. The risk to them personally from the disease is negligible. Our hospitals aren't overtaxed right now. It's time to get the kids back out, uh, get some structure and some healthy activity in their lives so so they don't get into terrible habits. Kids lying around in bed for months months on end is a terrible habit and i know will people will say oh well you terrible parents get your kids out of bed you know i i just say have a heart for parents it's it's not as easy a job as you might think and you know these activities are a great motivator for kids and for families to get out and, and participate in activities we all need that
0: uh, a couple contrast texts, David, coming in just since your appearance has started. David Staples is wrong. Everybody loves Trump, and we'd be lucky to have him leading Canada. Uh, <laughs> that, that is not the sense that I get. Uh, another texter says, uh, and Edmonton's been really lucky. Uh, I, I've been working through this whole thing alone in a truck, and uh, you know, so he's, and there's a lot of Hawes also says Edmonton's been more lucky than right. That's another uh, perspective that's out there. Just, you, you can't win. So it, it just sort of reinforces things right now. Let's uh, that's, uh, that's switch focus here. So you, you talked a bit about the hot How do you think the Oilers would do if we came back and played in a series against Chicago? What's your perception if we're if the Oilers are and the NHL is able to relaunch and, and get going here and and have this you know round of twenty four playing? How do you how far do you think the Edmonton Oilers could go, David? Well, Bob, you, you and I both know that in
1: any one series, it can come down to goaltending and bounces, right? Any one series. So we don't know if the Oilers will get the bounces, and we don't know if we're going to get the goaltending. Like, how are Mike Smith and Miko Koskin going to do? But let's say, let's say that Miko Koskin and Mike Smith are able to outplay or be even to the other team's goalies in, in their, each playoff series. I, I'm convinced, Bob, that this Oilers team can go deep, 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 into the playoffs this is the deepest and best edmonton owners team we've seen i think since 1990 and i mean we have that level of talent at the top end of the roster with mcdavid and dry but as soon as connor yamamoto joined this team in uh, late December. We went from having essentially zero functioning lines at that point, because McDavid and Drysaddle had fallen off a cliff with their defensive play. We went, the the Oilers went from having zero lines that were performing at a high level to having suddenly three lines that were performing at a high level. There was McDavid and whichever wingers he has. There was the dynamite line with Drysaddle, Yamamoto, and Nugent Hopkins. But the the line that doesn't get a lot of attention is this third line that suddenly developed with uh, Archibald, Sheehan and uh, Joachim Nygard, and those guys had tremendous chemistry. And when you look at their underlying numbers, their their um, um, shot high de- high danger scoring chances, four percentage, it was around 57, 58 percent. They were getting, the, they were shutting the opposition down on their end of the ice, and uh, they were putting a lot of pressure on. So if you have that third line that's going so strong. That's going to free up one of the top lines, McDavid or Drysaddle lines, to play against have some easier minutes. And that's a, well, that is a prescription for winning in the playoffs if you have three strong lines like that. And I'm I'm super confident that, that we're going to see that. And I'm, I just can't wait to see it, actually. I think this Oilers team is going to be special. They're going to go on a special run in these playoffs.
0: Well, it's interesting because you can factor in something else that did not factor in between the trade deadline and when the pause occurred. Mike Green got hurt right away and then uh you know athena let's face it i mean sometimes it takes players three months to to get comfortable after a trade and that's if they're playing all the time i don't think we got a real feel yet for what he might be capable of doing tyler ennis certainly had some decent moments but you know those three players being added to a team that during the course of the season added you know ethan bear caleb jones and connor yamamoto this is a different hockey team
1: it really is um, so there's all those players, and I think we already saw that Ennis is capable of playing with McDavid. So you know you have you have Ennis, you have uh, Cassian, you have James Neal, you have Astonisheal. So there's at least four wingers, and maybe Chase on, who are going to be in the running to play on that top line with McDavid. And I think out of that group, they're going to find two guys who can do it in the playoffs. And the other good news is, Bob, I know a lot of people are really upset um, with the playoff format and the fact that teams like Chicago and Montreal, who are mediocre and didn't really earn it, are in the playoffs. But the one little whammy on those teams is at the trade trade deadline, they got rid of talented players. Like the Canadians got rid of Kovalchuk because they didn't think they were in the playoffs. And Chicago got rid of uh, Gustafson, um, their really fine Swedish defenseman, and Robin Lehner.
2: Yeah. So
1: Chicago, uh, you know... They've, they're coming in a little bit undermanned, whereas the Oilers stocked up with players, which is a big advantage for Edmonton in this coming
0: series. From the Cult of Hockey, David Staples, Bob Stauffer joining you on uh, Oilers now. Uh, we had Ken Holland on, and uh, it certainly started when he was able to orchestrate the trade for uh, James Neal. And Milan Lucic was given the opportunity to get a fresh start elsewhere to Calgary. Uh, At at that point, I started to to notice a little bit different tone from a lot of the texters. And I think it's continued on during the course of the year. There's been a pragmatism in terms of how Holland's conducted himself, but also sort of an, an understated easygoingness. Like he doesn't come across like he's, you know, hey, we've always made the right decisions or I've... You know, case in point, he's the first to admit he didn't know how good Yamamoto, Baron Jones were going to be. You deal with the fans on a day by day basis on your blog, David. Is there a building confidence level uh, with Ken Holland, in your opinion?
1: Well, I heard uh, you and Brendan talking about this, and Brendan mentioned that the big Difference came the the day that Lucic trade happened, and I completely agree. Until that moment, Bob, there was all kinds of doubts about Ken yeah. Holland that summer. Even people were totally thinking, "Oh, geez, it's been kind of iffy, mediocre." But as soon as that happened, there was an explosion of goodwill for Ken Holland uh, among Oiler fans. Like he just he absolutely he absolutely won over pretty much everybody, and it hasn't really stopped since then because he didn't do, uh, you know. He, then the, the players that he brought in, this whole thing of bringing in all these veteran uh, NHLer guys like Shea and Archibald and uh, Negard and Haas, a lot of those bets paid off. A lot didn't. But he, he, he loaded up on so many of those guys that it worked out for him. So that was another huge check mark for Ken Holland. And then the deadline day stuff, I think people are really excited about the NS trade in particular because he didn't give up much. Um, they're hopeful about a fantasy. We're still waiting to see how that's going to turn out. I personally didn't, like, love the Mike Green acquisition, but I understand the need to load up on veteran defensemen um, at the time of NHL playoffs. So, yeah, like, it's been uh, essentially he hit a grand slam home run with Milan Lucic, and there's been a couple of home runs since then as well.
0: I'm up to a uh, 62% chance that we're going to play, 38 we're not. Where are you at? <laughs>
1: uh, well, you know, I've always, like, as soon as this happened, I said 90%. So I'm up to 999 I think that them setting uh, the 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 protocols they have in place are so strict, and when people commit to something, like when there's plans in place, when you get the momentum, of and these are highly motivated, skilled people. NHL owners, players, they're going to make this happen. I'm at ninety nine point nine percent now. I, you know, there's might be something that could throw it off in theory, but this is going to happen almost certainly.
0: David, great stuff. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Bob you bet. That's David Staples' call to hockey. Randy is Texas on the Ashley Pine Flores text line. Bob, Oilers versus Chicago. Forget about Leon O'Connor versus Patrick Keene and Jonathan Taze. Tippett will hand Jeremy Colleton his lunch. That one comes to us from Randy. Alright, let's get into NHL today. It is brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing Building, tailored branded Programs, where your order is done on time every time. Elite Promotional Marketing. Back at the 630 Chen Studios, Brendan Escott. Alright, Penguins forward Nick Bukes that had surgery,
2: is done for the remainder of the 2020 playoffs. That was a result of a setback while he was rehabbing a previous ailment. It is unknown whether that rehab will impact next year's status for him. Blue Jackets uh, GM Yarmo Kekalainen says Brandon Dubinsky still dealing with a chronic wrist injury will not be available to them. Alex Ovechkin welcome to baby boy into the world yesterday. Ilya is Ovi's second son with his wife Anastasia. The Leafs have added Nick Robertson to their expanded playoff roster after his dynamite season with the Peterborough Peets, 18-year-old, their second-round pick last year. Willie O'Ree, named to the Canada Sports Hall of Fame today in the builders category. Of course, O'Ree broke the NHL's colour barrier in 1958 with Boston, and he is joined by Sheldon Kennedy, who also goes in as a builder, of course, for the advocacy work
0: that he's done since coming out as a victim of sexual abuse in 1996, Bob. All right. When we come back in Oilers Now, we'll wrap up the show with this day in Oilers history. It was a memorable one. This is Oilers Now
1: with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Ched, It's
0: 153 in Edmonton Royal Pizza, pizza Past, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. And now, Royal Pizza is offering curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu. And a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. To this day in Oilers history, back at the 630 Chet Studios, here's Brendan Escott.
2: In 2006, Ethan Morrow and Rafi Torres score as the Oilers beat the Ducks 2-1 to win the Western Conference Final, four games to one at Arrowhead Pond. Dwayne Rollison backstopped them to the win that
0: set up that Stanley Cup finals date with Carolina. So, you know how, Brendan, and I admitted I underestimated how good dry. Well, I, you know, lots of nobody thought dry settle would be this good. Fair. Rafi Torres, if you'd seen him in the 05-06 playoffs, he scored 27 goals in the regular season that year. In at least four of the Oilers games, he was their best forward, including probably the final three games against Carolina in the Stanley Cup Finals. He impacted the San Jose series, knocked Malan Mahalak out of the series. Uh, he injured two guys from Carolina in one game in the Stanley Cup Final. I was surprised he did not turn out to be, uh, You know, he never got back to 27 goals again. Scored 20 the next year in Edmonton. Played a long time in the NHL. Blew a lot of guys up with hits. But uh, to me, he had a higher ceiling. Never was able to fully get there.
2: It's almost like he was, you know, a tailor-made playoff player. Player in that sense. And obviously, if it was on display in that series. But you know what I mean? Just that high-energy kind
0: of charismatic player. out there he he was. He was like, and they, you know what? And that was part of their success. They had a -a whack-a-mole offense. You know, you you shut down Hemsky and Torres pops up. You shut down Torres and. Pisani, you know, gets going. Pekka came through with some big goals. Uh, you know, Morrow was kind of in a in a fourth-line role. Uh, we haven't even talked about Horkoff or Stoll down the middle. That's just the forwards, and, and their forwards were relatively inexpensive as well. So uh, Kevin Lowe built that team in 2006. We'll have Kevin Lowe on tomorrow's show uh, to talk about some of the Oilers' championship teams. This is championship week for the five Oilers Stanley Cup championships. The anniversary is between May, May 24th and May 31st. Brian Burke uh, for Sportsnet on Tomorrow's Show. Louis Debrusque from Sportsnet on Tomorrow's Show. Brian's appearances are brought to you by uh, Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's electrical uh, leader in construction, electrical, and service, electrical prefabrication and solar. There you go. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Carrie McCarthy. The 6.30 chat afternoons with Jayla I up next. She'll have an infectious expert from the University of Calgary talking about Alberta's handling of the pandemic at 2.15. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.